0: Hey this is Mike Doherty with Brown Coat to Redemption and you know what's shiny? Sci-fi Saturday night. Sci-fi Saturday
1: night Exterminate
2: Computer Status Report Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead.
0: Night. <laughs> it's TalkCast 112, and it's Anything Can Happen Night here on the Mickey Mouse Club, deep in Area 51, taking a break from my part-time job as the quality inspector in the photo booth on Splash Mountain.
3: <laughs> <I am.
0: laughs> Joining the TalkCast tonight are the usual suspects. In the Revere Time Vortex, the girl with her very own tiger, our Princess Jasmine of Snark, it's Kriana. I have two tigers actually, so I'm
4: just better than Jasmine. Woo!
0: <laughs> <laughs> From the Stacks Interpersonal Silent Zone in the dank dungeon reading room, it's a girl with a book. She's quiet. And she's here. Is it Belle? It is. It's Zombrarian.
5: Beast got this bitch a library. Bitches love libraries.
0: <laughs> <laughs> God. From the four-color vault of comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, our own Jack Skellington and Sally, it's Illustrator X, and his lovely ingenue, the dead redhead.
6: Squee! There are six members of the Pussycat Dolls.
0: There are six hosts of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to
7: say happy Festivus to everybody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, from Outpost Gallifrey's Catch Release Center for Nymphomaniacs in Orlando, Florida... The original surfing bird Scrooge McDuck himself, it's awake by Java. <laughs> I'm going to go dive into my money pit. <laughs>
2: but I might need some aspirin afterwards.
0: I understand that Euros can be very bruising. Our guest tonight, <laughs> author Christy Peterson Schoonover, whose book, Skeletons in the Swimming Hole, Tales from Haunted Disney World. We are highlighting tonight. Christy, it's a pleasure to finally have you on the show.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure to finally get to talk to all you guys. Because <laughs> we waited so long after we heard about her book to invite
4: her
0: on. It was like, no. within, what, days? It was like 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> but finally! <laughs> yes, but finally, absolutely. absolutely. Well, I needed some pontification there. I've done it. We can now move forward Okay, uh, we're uh, Moments, seconds, hours, days Weeks away from Christmas, Hanukkah thanks. Within, pole. Ki- mm-hmm. so start, <laughs> start, start with the poll.
3: start with the pole Sorry, I choked <throat> a little there
5: okay,
4: <laughs> I think I'm good <laughs> now, thanks
5: you know what's a great gift for Christmas? A pole.
2: Actually, <laughs> <laughs> best of this pole Actually, you know, you know what? I think that there are plenty of female people who would... Careful. Oh, yes, Java! <laughs> Watch where you go with this next <laughs>
0: sentence. <laughs> I'm going with this. gay step, redhead. You know, uh, this poll was... Well,
6: you know what? Bef- before we get to that poll, there is one female person who's that much further away from her training wheels at this point. Happy birthday.
1: Oh.
3: Happy birthday, Kriana. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Thank you. Yes, happy birthday, Kriana. I was going to write you a birthday limerick, but... I didn't get around to it. However, I will share this important tidbit with you. Today is also the day that Walt Disney died. It's the anniversary <laughs> of his death. <laughs> Aren't you lucky? Totally. <laughs> That's okay. My housemate has the same birthday. We've been teasing him all day.
4: You, but, you know what? He's not
1: really dead. He's cryo-frozen. So. <laughs> That's true. That's right.
6: A mouse,
1: man. I don't know. I don't think he'd like what they did with Epcot, but...
0: That's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're gonna talk in depth about Disneyland and, and Disney World and your your fascination with it and why why it brought you to this book. But we have a we have a Facebook poll to talk yes, about.
3: Yes, we
7: have our poll and I still didn't get my Magic One hundred, but Shoot, I, I forgot, forgot to vote. vote. We got an awful lot of people who voted this time and we gave them fewer choices because what we had asked people was who is your favorite Joker? So,
3: I don't care.
7: We gave them, we gave folks the choice of uh, Mark, Mark Hamill, Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, and Cesar Romero. And the winner by two votes is Mark Hamill with almost 30 votes.
0: So we didn't go old school for the first time in, like, forever. Yeah,
2: because
4: he didn't need any makeup to play the part. That's oh, really that cool. was mean.
2: <laughs> and, and also because yeah, Luke Skywalker character. rolls 20s. That's right. Yeah.
7: yeah. He was a great, great Joker in the, in the cartoon. Um, second place was Heath Ledger with 27. Jack Nicholson was third place with 9. And Cesar Romero with, was fourth place with 6.
4: Do I hear a grumble, Illustrator X? No, I completely Oh, okay. So okay. thank
7: you to everybody, and come on, next week, let's see if we can make it to 100. I keep hoping we'll make 100. So.
0: Someday. Well, I as know. long as we're over 42, that's really Someday the only thing we'll that matters. Someday we'll find it. I'm
3: craving a banjo! Don't let let Illustrator X sing! Dead Redhead! Dead Redhead, save us all!
6: I'll have you know, in my spare time, I play bass for the Riverbottom Nightmare Band.
4: (laughs) Hey, you know what? As long as you don't sing, that's cool. X, will
5: you you marry me? Because that's my very favorite Christmas movie ever. (laughs)
4: Uh, Honey, I think there's two problems with that.
6: (laughs) (laughs) I'd say it would be bigamy, but it would be bigamy, too, to do that. (laughs) But anyways, on to the list.
0: Okay, so maybe three problems. But There's there's actually four, but let's move forward. (laughs) (laughs) This week in Cool Geek Gifts for the Holidays... Dead Redhead, you have for us.
7: For us, I want to let folks know if you have someone in your life who has been so enjoying the Walking Dead television show and has maybe heard uh, here on uh, Sci-Fi Saturday Night those of us talking about the Walking Dead comics, go out and get get that person some of the graphic novels to find out the basis. Now, it's not exactly like the TV show, which is really nice. So even if somebody has seen the TV show, they can read the comics and they'll still get a brand new story coming at them.
4: So. And it's a very worthwhile story. I actually read the first bit of Walking Dead after I started watching it. It was quite interesting.
0: Totally, totally. Very good. And the fact that it's divergent and not uh, mirroring makes it even more cool. And it's, it's, it's really good. Java, what do you got? ho <laughs>
2: Now, this is a great gift to give to someone if you are in a situation like me for your Christmas shopping, which is that your wallet has little <laughs> mods flying out of it. And it's it, that's because it's free. It's a video game called Glitch. It's which entirely, is awesome. Yes, it's entirely online. It's entirely in the browser. You don't need to download anything. And it, it runs on Flash.
4: Unfortunately.
2: And, that's the only problem with it because other than that, it's great. It's a massively multiplayer online game. It's got a snarky sense of humor. You pet pigs, you milk butterflies, and you you pick f- harvest from trees, and, and you can do all kinds of things. Like mine, got- sparkly. I just got the distilling sk- uh, skill, so I can take corn and potatoes and make them into hooch. <laughs> oh
4: my. <laughs> it's a you're totally not- fun game. Wait till you get to tincturing, or do you have that already? I just got it. Oh, it's yeah. pretty fun. Quick, job, quick, make not- an essence of purple.
6: You're not one of those <laughs> pony people, are you? <laughs> no,
0: no, thank you. Not a brony. Brony. Uh. The only
4: problem with Glitch
5: is it has, um, it recently went back to beta which means if you don't already have an account, you can't give it to your friends. But those of us with accounts can choose three very special friends to give it to.
0: For Christmas. I'm out of invites, kids. Sorry. So find a friend. <laughs> and I have John's one court. left.
5: Bribes if- can be sent to Zombrarian Saturday <laughs> <laughs> night because I have all three of mine left because I have Zombrarian.
2: no friends. Yeah, one of mine went to you, so sheesh. I'll tell you what, guys. I've got one invite left, and I'll give it to whoever wants it. You just have to uh, tweet at me on Twitter. So the first person who tweets at me gets an invite to Glitch. Go ahead and send it to AdAwake by Java, and and I'll get back to you with it.
0: There you go. Well, I had what I think is probably the gift for a person who has no taste whatsoever. (laughs) That fits. Yeah. So, I'll be sending it to Illustrator X this year. (laughs) Smallville, the complete series on DVD. (laughs) Because somebody needed to own it, and I guess he can. I can't figure out why anybody would want it, but if there's anybody in the universe who would, it's Illustrator X. Don't
7: be sending it over here and stink up my house.
6: (laughs) (laughs) I, I... I'd send you the complete elf in Retaliation, but one, you'd like it, and two... (laughs) He already owns it!
4: (laughs) That's not really Retaliation,
6: Illustrator (laughs) X. uh,
0: Grianna, what have you got?
4: Well, it's flu season, as you all know, and, and, you know, who can recuperate from a cold? It's just so hard, and all you want is, is some tea and to curl up, and... Penny leaning over you singing soft kitty Well you can't have penny but you can have a soft kitty that sings soft Woo-hoo. kitty
6: Oh cool Now does that come with the smelly cat variant from friends?
4: <laughs> I do not think so
0: gotta hope not, not at
4: this time <laughs> I, I don't know if it's actually penny singing it though that would, would be the be best. cool
0: if it was though it that would be, would be like
4: the best. no no it's not Sheldon.
0: Thank God, it's not
6: Sheldon. Uh, it says here Tom Waits, but whoa! <laughs> Stop kidding!
3: <laughs> That'd be great, man.
2: I would You're pay the... for that album.
0: i <laughs> would <laughs> songs from The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Woo. Illustrator X, what do you got? Uh
6: if you can't think of anything else to get. Go raid eBay, go get find someone who's selling classic Shogun Warriors toys, because you know what, folks? Back in the day, when your brother had just Ewok villages and Smurfs, and you had this towering three-foot robot with missiles of death, <laughs> life was fun. <laughs> life was good, <laughs> and they're, uh, they're some of the best robot toys you could ever have, and you can beat the, beat people over the head with them. They're wonderful. <laughs> buy, buy two.
0: <laughs> there's <laughs> a side to you that's really beginning to scare me. I gotta...
6: <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who, who would want to buy you the Smallville set, you know. Feed yeah, them!
3: Lunch.
6: <laughs> Zombrarian? <laughs> so, Rounding us out? Well, if um,
5: you aren't into so- the soft kitty singing plush, or if you want to start a geeky singing cat collection, you can always try to find... Keyboard cat, the toy. <gasps> there is yes! a YouTube video of, I believe it. I think it must be a prototype, but they're not for sale anywhere yet. Okay. So the best Christmas gift of all would be talking Santa into making them.
4: I want one.
2: I think we have I one. better yet a picture cat. of a keyboard cat.
4: Play them off, keyboard cat.
0: <laughs>
4: I I don't
5: know.
0: <laughs> Kriana. Yes, dear. You want to start with something some of our friends are doing at Double Midnight Comics.
4: Oh, sure. You know they put up on—I think they just put it up today on Facebook. They did
0: actually. Yes.
4: Sweet. Hey, Double Midnight. How's it going? We love you. Double Midnight is having their Wednesday. Twas the Wednesday before Christmas party next Wednesday.
0: And it goes from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. at Double Midnight Comics. In Manchester, New Hampshire,
4: <clears throat> and they're having two special guests as well: Ben Wagner and Stephen. Oh God, I hope I say this right. Stefan. Oh God.
0: Stefan Lappin. I fail. Okay, and okay. X, help us yeah. out here. Ben Wagner and Stefan lapin who are? Ben not?
6: Wagner is a talented artist and creator, and um, Stefan Lappin is a customer.
4: Okay. Well, that's okay. Ben, ben Wagner created the graphic novel Baja by IDW.
6: Yes, he's and, on IDW. he got picked up.
4: And then Stefan created the comic Zeus. Don't ask X
6: to get Please it. Please do ahead. not ask me about this. We will talk
4: after the show. Oh. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, I'm just I'm just saying what they put down here. You know, <laughs> there are buds, like, right? What? There what? are
6: what? friends, yes. right? Everyone should go to Double Midnight and support them. They are one of the finest comic book stores in the country and longtime friends of ours.
4: Yes. I won't be there, but I love you, Double Midnight.
0: And I do think that Drew and I will be there, probably for the 10 o'clock fun time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, hey. So, what else is going on? Uh, you know what I found uh, interesting this week? Oh, Where's uh, the
4: bad segue
0: sound?
4: Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> I, I get a flail. Uh, hmm, uh, gee, I don't know.
7: Bender, shush. You're supposed to be dead.
0: There we go.
7: Mm-hmm. There
0: we go. It's pretty good. Uh, Marvel is releasing a four-issue canon prelude that will come out right before the Avengers movie. It's going to release a what? Four-issue canon prelude. Prelude.
4: Okay, thank to you.
0: To the Avengers movie, <laughs> giving everybody backstory in four yes. issues, and it because, looks like
6: you know people who are into comic books may not be aware of there is a comic book series called the Avengers. <laughs> Was there oh, no, really? This will, really? This will introduce them to this concept of a superhero fighting team. Oh, boy, the Avengers.
4: What is the Avengers? So, I know nothing about the Avengers. Tell me what what is... We're not
6: talking Steed and Mrs. Peel. We're talking um, Captain America, Thor, the Hulk, Ant-Man or Giant-Man, the Wasp, and uh, Iron Man banding together to save people from uh, the complete smallville. Okay,
4: well, I know know there's somebody who's going to kill me for saying this, but I hate Iron Man. Oh, my God. But But Thor Thor is is cool. I know she likes Thor, too, so... Gotta
0: kind of redeem myself a little bit. I just no, never... I I really think that you know, Marvel is probably smart to do this right now. Just in terms of making the crossover tie in. And yeah, making a few bucks along the way as well.
6: Do you think? No.
0: Marvel oh. never does that, do they?
6: Marvel cash in? Never. No, no, with no. With the tie in with Captain America to earlier today. Uh, the creator of Captain America, Joe Simon, passed away uh, at the age of 96, I believe. Aww. And uh, he was... And his, was... his yes? final words were,
2: Oh, God, what are they going to do with Captain America? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I
6: was going to say, they already, he, he lived long enough to see them kill off Captain America a few years ago, and then get better within a year. So, and he saw the movie... Okay, wait wait
0: a minute, wait a minute. Are we bitching about the movie? Seriously? Uh, No, I'm not. I'm not bitching about the movie. Because of all the pre-canon movies, including Iron Man, that was probably the most well-developed. Thor
2: was the best. Shut up. Thor was awesome. Well, not
0: according to its
2: uh, erstwhile director who was fired. Yeah, Yeah, he's just bitter. She.
0: It, whatever. Well, (laughs) and and Portman just got fired off the uh, sequel. Good, that'll be an improvement. <laughs> well, because
2: she, she was really lobbying... She was to trying to
4: play it. a nerd and just failing.
2: Well, she was also trying... She lobbied really hard to get that director back on that movie. And, and I mean, you don't see a lot of feature films with female directors. And so That's I, true. It's just... It, it's kind of a weird thing. Because she the director said that they, they parted amicably. But then there was all kinds of other stuff about how... You know, she she basically went to them and asked questions like, uh, "Do we have a script?" and "When is this movie going to come out?" And they got really upset with her for asking questions like, "When is the movie going
0: to come out?" Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, it's not like that's uh, an important question, is it? Seriously, yeah. you don't do need to do know we, that. Jeez. Do we have a script? <laughs>
7: need Who to needs to a script? <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's a comic book somewhere that has the story. Yeah, exactly. Hold Why that? do you need a script? Jeez. Use that like a storyboard, we'll be fine. There we
4: yeah, go. Totally.
0: But nice. you know you know,
2: all of these these comic books that have, have been made into movies, you know, they all have origins way back in the golden age. And what's really interesting is that there's a mini series that is going to be produced, or at least there's an idea of a mini series out there based on a book uh, called Cavalier and Clay.
7: Woohoo. Which
2: Cavalier. Cavalier and Clay. Sorry, I said it en (laughs) francais. Cavalier. Cavalier and Clay.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, if you do it with the Midwest twang, it always works better.
2: (laughs) uh, I'm from Indiana.
4: I uh, <laughs> got kind of Minnesota in the
2: middle, with oh, oh a God. little of it, bit of Minnesota at the end. Yeah. Okay. No, but this That's is a, so
4: creepy.
2: This is a Michael Chabin This is a Michael Chabin book uh, that basically, <laughs> basically, basically details these cousins in in, in thir- 1930s and 40s New York, Use and the banjo
0: music. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you <have the> <sighs> <laughs> right, people are from
2: Scandinavia, not from Kentucky. Uh,
0: the 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 he shows up in the film, we're dead. But that's okay.
2: <laughs> these two these two cousins, Sam Clay and Joe uh, Cavalier. uh basically are find find fame and fortune in the Golden Age of comic books and uh, Scott Rudin snapped up the rights to it and um, is looking at pulling in people like Jude Law and Toby Maguire and Natalie Portman and Ryan Gosling and all of these other s- stars as potentials but he wants to make it into an eight series or eight episode miniseries um, at, at on HBO. Which X. sounds like a great idea. Go for it.
6: Mm. X, I'm not sold. Oh, it's an. I love the book. Uh, I I look forward to it. It'll be great.
2: With Ryan Gosling. I'm uh, thinking it's going to be uh, kind of like Boardwalk Empire, but with comic books.
0: That couldn't be. Yeah, I mean that has the potential to have some uh, interesting work with it. I mean the source material itself is is rather terrific. Did no one else hear Ryan Gosling? <clears throat>
6: <laughs> Maybe this is the project that will turn the gosling into a
0: swan. Oh, <laughs> oh, what oh god. Is that it, you know? Wow. I mean, anyway.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, they found two classic episodes of Doctor Who.
0: <laughs> they, <laughs> did. So much.
6: they
4: did. say this <laughs> They did. Woohoo! And which ones were they and how cool are they? Have you watched them six times yet?
6: I have not but I am all a quiver.
2: They, they haven't released them yet. They they got shown in in England at some little at, theater you know, or something, right? Yeah. But they need to be they need to be restored. They do. Get to work, people. They do, in which but... and when they do come out on DVD, they will enter into my collection of all the Doctor Who episodes. And by that time, I'll probably have gotten a couple more episodes along, which is happy.
6: Okay. All right, well, right off the bat, don't bother watching one of them because one of them is a Hartnell episode. Oh lord! <laughs> and we and even I have to admit, Galaxy Four, not the best story. I've read the novelization and I was like, "You get oh okay." I'm not so sad that they lost this one, <laughs> <laughs> but it is an old Hartnell episode, so we got to see it. And the other one was an episode of. Uh, the Underwater Terror, which is a Patrick Troughton episode. It is the earliest surviving film footage of the second Doctor. And he plays the recorder, and uh, the world explodes, and it's wonderful.
0: Yeah. Uh, you, you know, just from a historical background, if nothing else, from a historical uh, point of view, these things are gold. So, I mean, you know.
6: Well, it gives hope. I mean, that's the thing. They're always, There's always... Uh, an article coming out about someone has found this missing film, this, this thing that no one ever thought was I'm there. I'm still waiting that. for someone to find a, a copy of London after midnight. Ooh. That would be wonderful.
7: Well, the reason mm-hmm. when, when they fixed Metropolis it certainly looked beautiful yeah, just, X and I get to watch. Oh, I have so, to watch that. you for yeah.
6: reminding the, me. The restored version of 2008 of uh, Metropolis. Oh my God. If that's, you're a
7: film buff, you should see it. You know, and
6: I'd seen the movie 20 times already, but then it's like, yeah, this extra seven minutes...
7: Really right. does work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's one of the few times that a restored version uh, with restored footage has worked. Uh, yeah. But then again, it's Fritz Lang, and it's not you know, Spielberg adding uh, radios instead of guns. By the way,
6: by the way not, not giving out too many spoilers or anything, but that is one of the many themes of the movie that's out right now, Hugo... I gotta say, my vote for movie of the year. I absolutely love that movie. It was
5: excellent. Muppets wins. Sorry, Uh, but Hugo can come in second.
0: uh, Well, you know, I mean, speaking of best movies of the year, um, George Takei is clearly not a fan of Twilight, is he? Who Uh, is? Who is? Uh, (laughs) But the shitloads of people are evidently. The
2: whole uh, the whole premise of this this clip that he put onto YouTube is hilarious because he basically says, you know, Star Wars people and Star Trek people, we've got a we've got a, a varied history. We don't often get along, but there's a bigger problem out there, and that <laughs> problem. <is fun.
4: laughs>
2: but he says it in his George Takei voice, so you know it's it's better. fabulous.
4: <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> drama. We should.
0: It's absolutely <laughs> wonderful.
4: Yeah, <laughs> everyone stop because you cannot come close to the velvety goodness. That it's oh, no K. kidding.
3: I love oh my Durant gosh. Durant. Well, no, thinking it's... of
7: movies they probably shouldn't redo <laughs> again. Oh, um, no. Thank you, Criana. You're welcome. Dario Argento, who I know he's got a worldwide following from horror fans. No. I am not
4: one. That doesn't mean anything. You can have a following for farting.
7: Uh,
4: (laughs) Well,
6: again, hence Twilight. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
7: (laughs) (laughs) But he he does have a worldwide following, and Dario Argento is a friend of George Romero's, etc., but he's redoing Dracula in 3D. Like when he pissed. That sucks! (laughs) Ha! Ha! (laughs) (laughs) The only I, I can see there's there was a picture of Richter Hauer, who I assume is playing uh, von Helsing. Who he's at this, that stage in his life where he uh, looks good playing von Helsing. At
6: this point, he could play Moses. But go ahead. <laughs> Ouch! He
7: looks like a von Helsing, but uh, and, and not um, the way that Hugh Jackman looked like von Helsing. He looks like the real von Helsing from the book. Um, but I, I don't know why. Why Dario is doing it, why we need a Dracula again, and why
0: 3D? Okay, I really think that come January 1st, there should be a limit of 50 3D movies over any 12-month period. No more. So that Hollywood is actually judicious about what they do. Because there are certain movies, like, like Hugo, for example... Which in 3D is amazing. There are other movies, you know, and so that just don't work and give you a headache. Here's here's the problem, though. Here's the problem. Okay. 3D is is an, is
2: a is a technique. It's a it's a new technology, and you know, I remember well the the debate amongst. Uh, people who are in college and have opinions about things is still going (laughs) on but there there was a time when everyone was saying oh digital cameras and movies horrible who wants to see that that's that's the worst thing that's ever happened video instead of film film is going to last forever it looks so much but and you know what that's bullshit of course it's bullshit. John, and I think, I think that the 3D thing is bullshit too. Hugo is an example of a movie that was done with 3D, and it, there was careful thought into put, in, put yes. into how it was used. Yeah, sure. people are going to make shitty movies with 3D, but people have been making shitty movies for years.
0: Look, but, here, yeah, here's the thing. There's, there's technology that edit. works, there's technology that enhances, and then there's technology simply for the use of technology.
4: And then there's laser discs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, seriously, does anybody remember smell-o-vision Yes. No, because yeah. we were
2: live in the fifties. Okay,
0: bite me. Oh! Thank you. You, you can Thank bite me last.
2: Although but, uh, I heard know. it was the bees beans. <laughs> <laughs>
6: hey, you were wrong. Hey, baby, let's go. Suck, 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 smell suck.
0: <laughs> but the reality is. That you know you can you can glom over any of this technology and make it just you know a useless little bell and whistle, or you can actually do it right. and when you yes. take the time to do it right, yes. it can really enhance the entire aspect of what it is you're doing or it can just totally screw it up and I'm just sick of of what what are what could possibly be a decent movie, but because well, it's got to be in 3D and it's got to be in widescreen and it's got to do this and it's got to do that and by the time you're done, you don't know what the hell you've got and, and you, you're you walking out of there with a headache and your teeth hurt Why do yeah. my teeth hurt after I go to a 3D movie? I don't care <laughs> <Wow. get it. laughs> But they do, god damn it, and I'm really getting tired
2: of it. Okay. okay, and so you're, so you're old, old. So,
0: so I'm, I'm right
2: back in the Ew. warehouse
0: Back to the home. I've got it. Bronze him. <laughs> Thank you,
4: Arthur. <laughs> Gee, is it that time. <laughs> Shh. Holy crap, is it 8.30? Yeah,
0: it is. <laughs> We've been ranting for a bit. Kids. About nothing. <laughs> I was going to talk about Metal Storm, the description I had news and- this
4: week that was actually kind of good.
2: Instead, we spoke an infinite amount of nothing.
6: All right, I'm gonna
4: I'm gonna go really quick through a couple of these Raiders of the Lost Ark. Somebody stop motion animated the opening sequence. It's awesome.
2: And you know what? Uh, Lucas and Spielberg are talking about the fifth uh, Indiana, Indiana Jones film. Uh,
4: yeah, they need to be dead now. Thanks.
2: Except except they don't know what it's going to be about.
4: That's, That's good. You know that with the last thing. know that Yeah, they went a little too far with the ants hey, this is one. an
2: odd, This is an odd-numbered Indiana Jones, which means it's going to be good.
4: <laughs> no, that was the Star <laughs> right. Trek. Right. Oh. No, it's the even Star Treks that it's are good. All right, all right, all right. Moving good. on. Moving on. There's an amazing, amazing trailer for a short film called, what's it called? Shoot. The Narrative of Victor Carlock and it takes place underwater. and just watch the freaking trailer, because it is beautiful. It's, it's crazy gorgeous. pretty. Crazy pretty. Thirdly, Community secretly conjured up Beetlejuice. Over three seasons. If you watch this YouTube clip, it, it shows you each instance of them saying Beetlejuice. I'm going to say it a third time. And the third time they say Beetlejuice... Yeah, nothing Michael happened. Michael Keaton showed up? He walks by the window. Oh. <laughs> behind the girl, and you can see it. It's hilarious, and that's why community is awesome, and screw you guys who want to cancel it. Seriously. Lastly, American Horror Stories House is up for sale for only a couple million. Go get only? it. Only a few. Okay.
6: That was well, my, quick-
0: report. <laughs> that's yeah. my
4: quick-fire news...
0: whatever it was. It brings <laughs> us to halftime. Actually, well past halftime. I feel like yeah. I need like a half-time yeah. sound. Can we think
4: about that? Can I get a sound for that? Is there an app for that?
0: There's uh, got to be an app for that. But okay, <laughs> why don't you well find us a sound? Hello, you've got the sound. I, 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 the sound I, you know?
4: Well, yeah, but I don't know. I don't. I don't have anything good. If someone could send me a good like sproy-yo-yo-yoing or something, I feel oh, like that would uh,
6: work. Oh my! Well,
4: <laughs> Wait, you don't like a spraying
6: I do. I don't know. We if could so go
1: somewhere with that right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: A Holy, cute Holy arpeggio, Jesus! We'll say.
1: Okay, that'll have to do for now. <clears throat>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Joining us for the second half of the show, and she's been lurking in the background, kind of chuckling to herself, is Christy Peterson Schoonover. Christy, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I so enjoyed all that ranting, by the way. You guys are always so entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Tell that it's to the rest really of the entertaining,
5: world. Entertaining? You mean insane. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we do tend to, you know, get into little drunken rambles. we a little from,
7: passionate. Yeah.
0: yeah. Anyhow, um, Christy, I was, I guess, supposed to meet at the... Uh, Toy and Comic Show in Fairhaven, South Coast Toy and Comic Show, but you weren't there. And uh, I didn't get a chance to meet you there, but we started up a correspondence uh, across the email world, and she sent me a copy of this interesting book called Skeletons in the Swimming Hole, Tales from Haunted Disney World. And without reading it, I sent a copy to X, and I sent a copy to Kriana. And I said, okay, everybody, read it. And, and I saw it.
4: Haunted Disneyland, and I said, yes! <laughs> this is my
0: dream!
5: You don't Do we understand. understand?
0: You know, we kind of started talking about it, and we went, okay, this is coming from a horror writer. This is a series of short stories set thematically around Haunted Disney World. And it's not what any of us expected. (laughs) Very true. At all. And it's really, interestingly,
1: cool. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, it is kind of an odd combination. You know, ghost stories set in Disney parks, but... No, it's not at
4: all, I didn't think. I thought it was really, um... It's like bacon and chocolate. It's not necessarily the first thing you think of, but it goes together really well.
1: (laughs) Okay! Bacon and chocolate. You can use that that. quote on your website if you want to. (laughs) Like bacon
6: and chocolate. Not if you want to
1: keep your sales going. Oh, come
6: on! Have you ever had bacon and chocolate? I could have said like pickles and peanut butter, but that... That
7: doesn't go together. Yes, it does! Have you ever
4: tried it? No. Well, then you can't say
1: that.
6: I think you're trying to give her a compliment. And...
1: <laughs> it, <laughs> it just Chocolate covered bacon compliment is delicious. Accepted. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it down. I'm totally going to use oh, t- <laughs> it. <I'm lying>. You <laughs> just said that. I quote you. Yes. Sci-fi yes! Saturday night. That's right. Oh, <laughs> it like, make my life. Chocolate. <laughs> that makes my life.
0: <laughs> so, where did the fascination with Disney World come from? How did that meld with your fascination for horror stories? I mean, the the whole process here is just for me, I I'm, I'm just sitting here and I'm going, Where did this come from? <laughs> where did so this come now from? Now I get
1: to ask, where did it come from? Well, um, it actually came it's a project I'd wanted to do for many years, but um obviously it goes back to my childhood. Um the, my dad was an English teacher, and he was always reading me stuff that, um, or, or giving me books to read that I was way too young to be reading. My uh. first novel, I was seven years old, and the first novel he wanted me to read was The Andromeda Strain. <laughs> yeah, so at seven years old, I read The Andromeda Strain. Um, but anyway, the first short story that he read to me, uh, I guess I was like six. I was way too young was the monkey's Paw by W.W. W. Jacobs. And oh if you guys,
3: yeah.
1: So my father read me that story, needless to say, I was terrified and slip with the lights on for days, um, <laughs> which did not make my mother happy. Um, but uh, about four years later, that that's kind of what started my love of like scary stories. After that, I was hooked. Um, but about four years after I read the monkey's Paw, I guess it was like eight or nine. Um, We were on a family trip to Disney World and uh, my mother, both my parents are gone now, but my mother had cancer um, for a long time. So things in our house were just not, they weren't normal, you know? I mean, what's normal, but it was just kind of a trying um, time. But uh, every year, my parents would make sure that we got down to Disney World because my grandmother lived in Daytona Beach. And when we were in the parks, it was like... My mother wasn't sick. My dad was in a good mood, and um, you know everybody was having a great time. It was really like being normal. Like I could look at all the other families and go, "Wow, we're just like we're just like them." Um, but then, one year, my brother and I decided to finally go on Mister Toad's Wild Ride, and Mom and Dad said we could go. They'd wait for us, and uh, this was in February, so the lines in the parks were insane, especially for that ride, and it was a two-hour wait. Um, This was in the days before cell phones, so Chuck and I were told not to get separated. They're like, you have to stay together, and we really wanted to go on this ride, so one of us couldn't run back and say, oh, it's a two-hour wait, and then we'd lose our place in line, so we went on the ride, and we Two hours later, our parents were just in the middle of Fantasyland screaming. I mean, they were so angry. And, um, yeah, I was nine and Chuck was six. And then all of a sudden it hit me. I'm like, oh, my God, it doesn't matter if we come to Disney World. Like, it's going to be the same thing. Like, if you push the right triggers, we, we still are who we are. Like, we can pretend that our problems don't exist, but they follow us. We're in the happiest place on earth and they're following us. Our problems are still here. Wow. Um, and that's, and I kind of got, I kinda got in it because I was already writing short stories by then, um, you know, little stuff about lonely trees and, you know, potholes that <laughs> cried for their mommies and things like that at that age. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I was like, wow, that would make a great, like, books someday. I could write a bunch of scary stories about, you know, that take place in Disney parks and about these people that can't get away from their problems. Um, And so I got the idea for this collection when I was, you know, nine, fairly young. And it was just never the right time to do it or, you know, I just, it, it just wasn't right. So then I ended up doing undergraduate work in Edgar Allan Poe. Um, I was a Poe lover for a Yay! long, long time. Thank and uh, I learned all about his trigger theory, um, which is that, you know, basically a man can be driven to madness um, by guilt, oppression, fear, um, you know, any of the four triggers. I think they were guilt, oh, guilt, passion, oppression, and circumstance. So if any of those four conditions become too excessive, it becomes a trigger. And that's when people's hauntings come back. I mean, if you look at any good ghost story, all the main, each main character usually has some kind of problem. Like, they, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're battling an addiction or, um, you know, they've had a terrible life or someone they love very much died. And, and then that sort of leads to a haunting. That doesn't mean I don't believe in ghosts. I'm just saying I just find that correlation very interesting in most of the ghost stories you read. So that was how
0: to answer your question, <laughs> that book came into being, so. And having just heard that, one of the stories in the book has a semi-autobiographical tinge to it now. Yes, hmm <clears throat> yep. Wow. Yep. <laughs> uh, I, I've got to tell you, you know, as I was reading it, well, first of all, the first thing that I read by you was uh, a short story that we focused on on Fiction Friday called Screams of Autumn. Yes. Uh, which is, again, another odd little story that, <laughs> that comes out of left field at you. Yeah. Um, well- go ahead, Trace. Right. I, would say,
7: I I enjoyed reading this so much because when you see something tales from haunted Disney, you think oh something's going to happen in the haunted mansion or it's going to be you hear Disney and what does everybody think? It's like, oh happy ha ha ha. I mean, your story about the goats really bothered me cuz okay. <laughs> this thing about goats was just very disturbing. Yeah, I say, <laughs>
6: that was the one I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. and, one,
7: <laughs> the, and, and one of the final stories about the person who takes pictures of skeletons and, and obsessions, and uh, that's probably my favorite, and I think it was just cohesively my favorite thing in the book. Um, but they're all so... Just like Dome said, this is not something... If you pick this up, if your average Disney fan pick this up, they will probably be very surprised when they read it, but I'm hoping in a good way, because I know... I enjoyed it because it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And,
1: and that was, that's cool. It's, it was very interesting for me to get feedback, like, from you guys in the Dome on that and saying that, you know, it was very surprising. It was not what you expected. Um, that's just really interesting. It's always interesting when you hear different people's reactions to your work because it, it just always makes you think about what you're working on in a different way. You know, you get a new perspective on what you're doing.
4: Like I said, bacon and chocolate.
1: Bacon it's not and chocolate. expected. <laughs> well, Screams of Autumn actually came from, I was sitting on my back porch with um, Nathan, my fiancé, and uh, I don't know who said it, but one of us said, wouldn't it be weird, or he said something about the leaves are dying because they're not getting enough light. And, oh, that's what it was. I asked him something about, why is it that leaves die in autumn again? I was saying, asking something stupid. I think I'd probably had a couple of glasses of wine in <laughs> me at that point. But, uh, and he said, well, because they're dying, because they're not getting enough light. And I thought, oh, my God, what if there was a woman who could hear them screaming as they fell? Oh. That's where that story came from. And the next day I got up and wrote the whole story. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, I think sometimes the impetus for stories just comes from someplace. You oh, know, you great. have an idea. Where does an idea come from? You know, it just pops in your head and you're like, oh, I have an idea. You know, that's
7: your muse. Your mu- muse has been working with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, the muse sends you things. I totally believe that. Yeah. So, but uh, I don't know. I said, well, Dome, you said your favorite story was all this furniture and nowhere to sit.
0: Oh my God, yeah. Well, only because I, I, I have this affection for a hoarder myself. <laughs> wow, that is so <laughs> not funny. No, I'm <laughs> and,
7: and yet.
3: <laughs>
0: but the, no, I mean, it, it's one of those things where I could. The, the circumstance itself was so innocent. And the terror of the story was so palpable mm. that that dichotomy, to me, made that story, you know, that, that just, I thought about that story for days, literally, because it was just that well-crafted. And I think at one point I had mentioned to you that I had, I, I think I, I shot to you in an email, are you a fan of Philip K. Dick?
1: Yes. Yep. Because and that was really amazing to me. I was like, wow, cuz yeah, I really I like his work a lot. I still have so much more of it to read, you know. You can never read too much. But <laughs> it's like
0: thematically, you guys are miles apart. But tonally, you feel there's there's a similar feeling in the way your stories progress and arc as to a lot of uh, his short stories, and I really, I was, it's funny because as I was reading the book, I was going, this is very familiar, it, it feels like Philip Dick, even though it has nothing to do with it, and then the, I I finally came to some, a little bit of understanding myself as to why it was, and that's why I sent that email to you.
1: Yeah, that was interesting. Our email exchanges have been really Interesting.
0: They have been hot. I, I will grant you that. I mean, you know, because <laughs> I have a tendency at one o'clock in the morning to just kind of go, you know, I wonder if I should,
1: yeah, I'll, I'll
0: just shoot this <laughs> I
1: do the same thing. Let me go put this, <laughs> let me write this note to this person. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's usually like one or two in the morning when I do it. So, so you put this together and this is now available on Amazon. And mm-hmm. when it's available the reader gets seven seven short stories yes um and they're so different each one yes i mean yes. doing blue for me is the re- religious implications of the of the people mover
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well that was kind of an interesting um experiment that one because I thought, what is more diverse? I mean, there really is a theme park down there in Florida called Holy Land. Are you guys familiar with it?
0: Yes, I am, actually. Holy
1: Land. And, there, and my, my fiancé, Nathan, went there with his mother and came back, you know, from his trip and was, like, sharing all his little stories with me. This was, like, a number of years ago. And he says to, I said, so how was Holy Land? You have to tell me. Oh, my God. Now, his mother was a Baptist missionary, Okay, nope. so for her, this was, this was, like, amazing. She was in Holy Land, you know what I mean? She's the sweetest woman in the entire world. You just love this woman. She's so sweet. So I said, well, did your mother have a good time? And he said, yes, she had a wonderful time. And I said, that's good. And I said, did you have a good time? And he said, dude, I'm not sure. I mean, this is a place where they crucify Jesus seven times a day. <laughs> And people stand there with cameras and take pictures of him being flogged. I, I felt like a little uncomfortable with that. I can and
0: understand I, that, I think. <laughs>
1: and, and I thought, well, wouldn't it be great if, you know, there was this girl who played, you know, whatever. So then the story kind of launched from there. Um, and then putting it in contrast to the people mover, which is, I still call it the original Wedway people mover. I right. I I really don't like calling it the Tomorrowland Transit Authority or whatever it is. I'm still a people mover person, but um, but yeah, I thought, wow, well that's interesting because here you have religion and then you have technology. Like, you know, Which, are to me, are two like contra- contrasting concepts, really, because religion has to do with spirituality and the things that are intangible, whereas technology, like the people mover and Tomorrowland itself, is all about moving forward, making things more material. So I thought that would really be an interesting contrast. Let me just play with that and see what I can do. Um, and as far as the food, all the people walking around in food costumes, I have no idea... That's just how the story <laughs> came out. I, I have no idea why the, the scene just popped into my head. And I said, oh, that's good. We'll, we'll put them at a party where they're, you know, they're all dressed like food. So, <laughs> Well,
7: we've heard, from, we've heard from sources that we cannot reveal that there are all kinds of very interesting parties that happen after the House of Mouse shuts down for the night.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I've heard a few stories like that myself. So Maybe someday I'll actually get to work there, and then I'll get to go to them.
6: (laughs) And then I I can call you and say, guess what? I wouldn't put this book on the resume.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Christy, what did you have to do to be able to put Tales from Haunted Disney on your book?
1: And what kind of books
7: did you have to go through?
1: Um, I didn't because it is a setting. It would be the same as if you used a setting, like if I wanted to write a short story and set it at the Museum of Natural History. It's a setting. So it's considered fair use. Ah. Um The only thing you can't do, now I'm not, I'm not a lawyer and I have no interest in practicing collusion by saying I know what I know, but as far as I understand, in fiction it is permissible to use, you know, place names, um, you know, as settings. There's other books that do it. Cory Doctorow, of course, Down and Out in the United Kingdom. Yeah. Um, Lord Vishnu's Love Handles by William Clark.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: Have, have you guys read that, Lord Vishnu's Love Handles? No. No, but... Oh, no- my God. Okay, Dome, in particular, you would love that book. That, cool. It will crack you up. It's called Lord Vishnu's Love Handles by William Clark.
2: They both come up on recommendations if you're looking at uh, skeletons uh, on Amazon, by the way. Because yeah. I am.
1: Oh, cool. Cool, yeah. Um, and, yes. uh, I mean, he's got scenes in Lord Vishnu's where, uh, love handles where, you know, they're battling each other on top of the Epcot Spaceship Earth. Oh, nice. oh,
7: okay.
6: Yeah. okay. So, speaking of Clark, yeah, now that I think about it, Arthur C. Clarke's novel, 2010... There's a whole mm-hmm. chapter about what he predicted would be in the year 2010. There would be Disneyville, and it would be um,
0: oh, that's right, an old
6: folks' home, basically. But it would be an entire town all based on Tomorrowland uh, technologies. Yep. And yeah, uh, so. did that
1: happen? Uh, no. <laughs> but that's um. But yeah, so basically, what you can't do is you can't confuse. Like, for example, if I was writing a story about you guys and I said you know Kriana sipped her baileys and tea it's okay nice. for me to say baileys i don't have to put the trademark as long as the customer the, the person buying the product like in other words i could not put the disney logo anywhere right. on my book i couldn't use the disney font on the book it's although close. It, it's close but it's not it's although not the official disney is, font yeah. right it's well. not the official there is a knockoff Disney font that that's what all the fan podcasts and things use, and for for what the way that I've kind of been watching this, because I've been in these fan communities now for years, is that um, you know Disney really doesn't have a problem as long as you're not using their trademarked you know um, images or yeah. stuff like that, or saying that you're affiliated with Disney. If you go on any fan site like these podcasts, it'll say we are a Disney fan website. Like, we, we. Walt Disney has no affiliation with us. We're not, you know, it'll say all of that on there. Gotcha. Um, there was a case a few years ago where this guy had made these t-shirts and it had the monorail on it and it said, you know, please stand clear of the doors, you know, because that's the famous thing that it says on the monorail. and um, it, Disney, and, and it had the castle in the background, the Cinderella castle. And Disney wrote them a letter, wrote them a letter. That's always what they'll do first. Sure. And they'll say, we, and they said, we have no problem with these T-shirts, but you need to take the castle off because the castle is our trademarked image and you're using it without permission. So that needs to be removed. Other than that, go nuts. Put the monorail on the T-shirt, put the slogan on the T-shirt, have a great time, we don't care. So he took the castle off and that was the end of that. they were fine you just can't use there was another thing where there was a book where um, the guy actually used like the Disneyland logo and used um, images like Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse inside his book
7: Uh.
1: and he had Disney did the same thing they wrote him a letter and they said we don't care but please remove these images because these are ours sure so if you remove those images, we are totally fine. Go back to selling your book. We, that's great.
7: Henceforth, the castle on your cover doesn't really look like Sleeping Beauty's castle.
1: No. Mm-mm. That is actually one of the castles that the Cinderella castle is based Cinderella on. Castle. Sleeping Beauty. Well, either one. I don't know. I'm not really sure. The, the woman who did my uh, cover art is a very, very talented writer and artist, Melissa Martin-Ellis. Um, and she's married to Mark Ellis, who, um, was a a James Axler, the Outlander series. Mm -hmm. And they live in, yeah, they live in Rhode Island and they're good friends of mine. And, um, she did my book cover and she was very, very careful about finding the right castle and, you know, (laughs) making sure, right. She said, well, we can do just, you know, we'll take one of these and we'll mess with it and we'll put it in blue because that's just a photograph that anybody could have gone and taken, do you know? What? It's, it, it's an it's actual real castle. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh wow, that's a photo.
7: Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought like that was artwork.
1: Wow, that's cool. Yeah, she did something <laughs> to it. I don't know. She's a very, very talented. Wow. She's gonna do the cover for the second one too because there's a second collection coming out cool. in 2013. So, now,
6: Christy. Um, yes. I just just uh, doing a little research. You're you're a very prolific writer. Uh, What's next?
1: What's next? Well, um, my horror novel, Bad Apple, is coming out next fall. It was supposed to be out this fall, but um, the publisher, Hurricane Irene, kind of screwed a lot of stuff up, actually. Ah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, we just decided to wait, and it'll be ready to be released in February, but because it's a horror novel, we're going to do it more toward the end of the summer, so we're just going to hold off. On that, um, but that's all done. The cover art is great. On that, they that's being coming out. Vagabondage Press is publishing that one. Um, in terms of writing, I have a commission that of, of a short story that's going to be out in January on Literary Mayhem, which I have to put the finishing touches on. I'm working on putting a collection of um, ghost stories or horror stories set in the state of Connecticut with Stacy Longo oh. Harris. So the two of us will be putting that out next year, I believe. Wow. I'm super excited. I grew start.
5: up in Connecticut and it's the world's creepiest state. It really is. <laughs> it's, it no, is the world's seriously, until you live there, you don't know. It's terrifying there.
1: <laughs> well, what was funny is that we, um, we were at the Hebron Harvest Fair and everybody was like, do you have any books that are set in Connecticut? And Stacey and I talked about it, and she's like, "You know, a lot of my stuff takes place in Connecticut because we obviously both live in Connecticut. And yes, this is the creepiest place in the world to live. There's something wrong with it." <laughs> I, love I swear it, to God, but it's you drive terrifying. over the border and you go, "Oh my God, I feel oppressed." But um, <laughs> <laughs> you really do. You do. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided that um, we did, We were talking about it, and actually, tomorrow night, that's one of the things we're going to talk about um, when we get together. Um, I'm going to be doing a small podcast on Paranormal A next year called Scary Scribes, where I'm going to read a horror story and then talk to the writer afterward. It's going to be a little half hour show, not very long. Um, and then I'm finishing up the second Disney World collection, um, which is called Hairless Girl Does the Hula. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, and you're coming back here for that one, my dear. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
5: and, for the, and for the horror stories in Connecticut.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I'll, well, I'll come back. I mean, I love your show, so I'd love to come back. <laughs> Wait, um, I wanted, I wanted to you. ask,
7: what is One Bad Apple about?
1: Just a preview. Bad Apple is a Shirley... Ja- if you like Shirley Jackson, then you yes. would... Pr- any of her work, then you would... Like, We Have Always Lived in the Castle... Then you would probably like Bad Apple. It's about a girl who um, had a very devastating thing happen to her. Mm. I'm not going to do any spoilers just yet. Good. Um, and uh, basically how that event leads her down this garden path, which, of course, turns into a complete um, nightmare, only she doesn't realize it, huh. and you, you don't figure out what's really going on until the end. So. Mm. I'm being as vague as possible right now because I haven't even talked about it yet, so it's like I don't even know what my... It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I could talk about Bad Apple. No, I can't. I have no idea really what I'm going to (laughs) say. Well, there there are
0: so many other things we could talk about. We could talk about uh, your new book, Bad Apple. We could talk about your uh, editorship at uh, readshortfiction.com. We could talk about the uh, online course that you teach in writing ghost stories, paranormal fiction, uh, uh, for uh, to writewell.com, uh, we could talk about a hundred things, and we're gonna have you back and we're gonna do that,
1: okay? That would be awesome. I would love that.
0: <laughs> because, uh, yeah, because this is cool stuff we like. And I cannot, to the listeners, say enough this is a book worth reading, yes. worth owning, worth ingesting because it takes you to a place that horror stories don't usually take Speaking you. Speaking of the goats. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. Speaking of
6: bacon and chocolate. <laughs> of
4: bacon. It's good, seriously.
6: There's nothing better than chocolate. Okay. Yeah, Kriana, we'll we'll know what's on your mind in nine months. <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you saying <laughs> that I'm pregnant? <laughs> I'll have you know that that is...
4: Technically, physically, impossible.
0: <laughs> it's technically, emotionally, wrong. <laughs> Having said that, Christy, thank you so much for a very enjoyable half hour. Oh, thank
1: you. I had a great time.
0: Well, awesome, because that means usually that you'd want to come back, because we'd really like that. Oh, event. yeah.
1: I'll <laughs> totally come back.
0: <laughs> awesome. Hey, X, we've reached that point it's about that time Okay.
6: next week author Casey Shoemaker wreaks her silver vengeance on Christmas Eve then on December 29th author Rob Watts his stories are so big they come with their own soundtrack CDs and on (laughs) and on January 14th Judas Priest Risa Williams returns (laughs) with the next installment of the Dragon Slayer series The Iron Maidens Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic-Con and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Bob and Kim at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Zanoise. Pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes.
0: I want to thank Christy Peterson Schoonover and uh, once again say her book, Skeletons in the Swimming Hole, is something to be reckoned with. Something go get to be it! Read. Get it, buy it, do it. Click on the link, go to Amazon, grab it. I want to thank our cast tonight. From the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, thank you, darling. I, I'm just grooving out to this awesome music. And Grammar Girl Zombrarian. Thank you, my dear. Good night. From the Four Color Vault Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, Illustrator X, the dead redhead. Thanks, guys! Don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me?
7: <laughs> oh, I can't even follow that up. Never mind.
0: He's going to get hit afterwards, isn't he? Yeah. Scalifrey, <laughs> our gaming editor. Thanks, Java. So long, everyone. This is Dome Saying Genie. Shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus, do we all refute entropy? Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. <laughs>